chick. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Total 90 Music Podcast, the only place you can go where you find two people well past their prime, think they have a decent opinion in music. Today, as always, I am joined by a man who apparently nearly got fired for calling somebody Lemmy Winks. Nathan Custison, how are you doing today? Gerbil of the day, Nick. But, um, <laughs> it's a true story, that. I love the groove in that song. It's a... Sorry, intro song. Who does that? Who does that song? I'm not going to say. We're not very, uh, we're not very, we're pretty shameless actually in our plugging, to be honest, but it's for good reason. I heard a, a guy at my university mosh pit coordinator himself uh, heard this song because I like to plug us every day of the week because it's a fantastic thing to do. So you should. And he said, you know what? That sounds like the backbone intro. And like, God damn. Well, what else are we going to use? That's the problem. Like, we, we can't <laughs> copyright shit. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, actually, I, I tested that last night on a show and uh, oh. I, I haven't been found out as of yet. I was just playing DJ Khaled. We've got a lot to talk about today, but Nathan, wow. we've got Download 2018, we've got a Polaris Live review stick to your guns uh new Northland song and nathan you've taken a bullet for us that i don't think no man should ever take uh, one of our favorite bands nick probably uh, i'd say top three to five on our interesting list they are <laughs> in hearts wake all i'm gonna say nick about this early is the album reminds me of trivium and that, you know that i don't like trivium and you did, but at one stage. At one stage. I think I think everyone goes through that little metal kind of face. Not me. <laughs> you went through the kill switch face. Nah, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. So Trivium, they, like, they kind of came after the kill switch thing. They have really like Chinese kind of type album covers. So okay, In Art's yeah. Wake have gone down the Chinese room. And wait till I show you the photo of it. Oh, no. I actually, uh, to be fair, I have, don't even know it. I'm, I'm sure oh. it's been tattooed on many a bodies. Uh, don't I, say that. <laughs> as, as always, I'm going to... Uh, put a spotlight on a band. Now, if I haven't been going local, I haven't been going Australian this week, I'm going for a band that I really got into a while back. Are they Poms? They are Poms. Of course they're Poms. Right. If they're not Australian, there's only one thing they're going to be. Uh, this is a band called Feed the Rhino. Now, I don't know if I've... If you what a remember, name. If you remember this song, um, because I'm going to play a little bit, because apparently copyright doesn't really matter if I want to play, a, play little, a little bit of it. This song's called, uh, what is it? Deny and Offend. I, the only reason I'm talking about them is because they put out their first thing in... I'm going to say two or three years. And uh, there's another one. I've, we've talked about this in the past. There's another one of those bands that kind of, you uh, you kind of think they drop off the face or they've definitely broken up because you haven't heard. I thought that was Statues. Well, that's another one of those bands. And uh, they've, they've got a new song, Heedless, coming out October. Headless. No, Heedless. Not even Headless. I what? Just, I had to double take that as well. Uh, we uh, It's coming out October 27, their poms, but I'm not going to play you that. I'm going to play you a little bit of a song called Deny and Offend. It's a great song, Nathan. We can all jam if we want. Sue me, Apple. <laughs> go fuck yourself, Apple. Oh, there's the pom. There's oh. the pom. We're going to do running commentary on this song because the groove's coming back, Nate. Anyone who's listening, just nod. Just nod. Groove. I'm turning Whoop. up. Fuck it. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm going through the whole song, Nate. Fuck it. 
fuck, May with the... <laughs> oh, we're getting copyright stricken. Who cares? <laughs> they wouldn't know the song anyway. No way. We got no idea. Oh. We can sing along if you want. Did that the lyrics on the iTunes? That don't. Silly. Are you ready? You ready for that groove? Oh, fuck me. Fuck me running. Well, that's nice. Anyway, that's sorry. That's very about, tasty. There's about 15 seconds left, but that's okay. I think we've got the gist of that song. Nathan. Wow. Uh, we're I'm going to try this new thing where I'm just going to play songs and say fuck them if they complain at me. Good thing for the Spotlight Band. I like it. Because the, they are going to be the underground kind of type bands. The, so. Yeah. It's one of those things because the problem is I don't want to highlight because these guys are poms. They're not going to be able to touch me. But if True. If I highlight an Australian band and they don't like it, they can they could probably physically harm me, Nathan. So I don't want to. True. They can come at us. Yeah. Uh, so I'm trying. Yeah. I thought it was a good one just to go for these guys. It's an easy target. And they're, they're a band who's got a new song. We will be reviewing their, their new single next episode. Will which, the viewers get to listen to a taste of that? Hopefully. Well, Nathan Custerson. As long as we're not sued, are you not raped by a rhino? Yeah, well, definitely. I think we'll, we'll probably play a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> raped by a rhino. I think that's our new band, actually. There you go. Uh, so, I Nathan, like overall, thoughts? Oh, jeez. I'm not going to lie. Tell you, uh, that riff, tell you what it reminded me of. You're going to hate me for it. Oh, God. Bare Bones. I do, yeah, 100%. Very, yeah, very no, yeah. The Bare Bones kind of vibe. I, I actually... I, I like that. I started listening... To, I, the only time, first time I listened to Bare Bones was only probably six months after I listened to Feed the Rhino. And the first thing I thought was these guys... Was those guys. Yeah, 100% vocally as well. I think they've got just a massive groove to them. Um, you know, they've, they've been going around for a long time, That's as I thing. said. Uh, I think they've got 30 foul likes. They're, they're pretty decent on the live scene over in the UK. They've got a really good reputation of being a pretty mad live band. I've always, every time a Unifier or something like that comes around, I was always kind of hoping that these guys would come on, but they are not big enough to. I'd love to see them jump on a support on like if a while oh. she sleeps. because Oh, have, yeah, they have the sleeps. Toured, They'd have, be mates with them. Yeah, they had, they've toured together a couple of times over there. So I feel like you know, if they were to bring a couple of bands, I mean, Hacktivist and Feed the Rhino on top of While She Sleeps would be a perfect bill for me. But fucking hacked <laughs> But Nathan, uh, big news that has uh, kind of come up in the past week or two. Uh, Download Festival 2018 is kind of in the works. We're not too sure. We've seen so many new rumors, fake posters, and whatnot. Uh, overall, what do we think? Is this even going to happen? I think it's all trash. <laughs> like, uh, until I physically see the download organizers and bloody like owners come out and say we're going to Australia like they've talked about it they've been talking about it since Soundwave died when was that 2013 14 15 15 my bad so two almost three years ago it'll be three years ago next year so that's a fucking age so what for two years I've been speculating now to the person that made that fake poster props to you but which one to, well the Melbourne one which looked the most legit to me I'm like okay that looks pretty cool but you're not gonna fucking get past the not like the actual smart music fan 
There's no way Rage was going to play. No. Like, ra- like, they couldn't even get the original lineup now, the perfect time in America with Trump coming in for them to actually reunite. And they couldn't get it then. So, how the fuck is Australia to download randomly going to get Rage? I know it'd be huge, you know, that you're all about it, but that. Bang. Alarm yeah. bells for me. That was away. instant well, red flag for that flight. Exactly. Uh, there was a second one that came out two days. Uh, System and Biffy Clyro were the two headliners. Much more realistic. It was a Biffs. two day thing. That was a I'm on the Biff. Nick. That was only big. Bring back the Biff, if you ask me. Uh, if you, uh, I think that was only in Byron. I think that poster was. Fuck the first Byron. one was all around Australia. Yep. And then since then we've seen one that's just download Melbourne, but they've spelt Melbourne wrong. Oh, they God. haven't put the U in Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, <laughs> Melbourne. Mel. How's that? Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. That's Mel- the, Melbourne. It's the way Americans say Melbourne anyway. Melbourne. Um, I'll never forget The Rock coming to Australia and saying, Welcome finally, Mel- finally, The, the Rock has come back. Come back to Melbourne. <laughs> Where the fuck is this Steph guy McMahon, she uh, loves it. Yeah, yeah she's hot. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, it seems like it's going to happen from all reports. Apparently, I hope it does. Apparently a site has come out, but I've never, I'm not being able to check this site out. And a couple of people have kind of encrypted a code saying the System of the Down will be in the, in the the on the lineup. Well, weren't they meant to release an album this year? What happened uh, to that? That's been postponed. That's been set back. So who knows when that's going to be Along announced. with the Limp Biscuit album. That's been postponed for about six years. Now. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, Put it on the back burner, yeah? It's something... Well, System would be a perfect kind of headliner for this. I think there's someone who would nearly sell the festival out. Uh, I wanna, I'd go. I want to get your thoughts on in terms... Because we've seen three different like fake things that have come out. Or maybe real. We don't know. Like, you know, at least two of them are fake. Uh, one saying they're going all around Australia. One saying they're just in Byron. And the one that hasn't got a lineup just says download Melbourne. What do you think in terms of this festival going after, you know, after Soundwave, Big Day Out, and now with the rise of these new festivals, some of them being across Australia, some of them being regional, some being in just one place. What do you think the best strategy would be just to keep download going for the next, say, five to ten years at least? Melbourne. Easily. Just, Melbourne. Just Melbourne? Just Melbourne. Just Melbourne. <laughs> I'm am a selfish prick, but <laughs> Melbourne, it's the only place they can do it. Like Sydney, yeah. Like we went up and did a Sydney Soundwave; it was great. But yeah, Melbourne is just people come to Melbourne for shit. So like people come to Melbourne for Unify now. So, and also that's another little topic we can talk about. Will it affect Unify? I don't think it have any bearing at all on that. Hey, look, in terms of what the download's too big. Yeah, download goes. That's through- just fucking. It's three days, isn't it? Well, it depends. Like, every download can be different depending on where it is. And well, normally, it's three days. It's usually in the Europe. Yeah, it's, yes. it's three yeah. days. But in Australia, the two things that come be out, two. one's three and two. Uh, I do. You know, it's going to be weird because download is a camping festival usually when you're over there in, in Europe. Uh, if it's in Melbourne, if it's then just it a one-time thing, then I don't know if you're going to be able to do camping unless you go out in the sticks. And I don't... It's very hard to know if the organisers for these massive festivals are going to take... Camp at the G, mate. Well, no. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Tiger time. Uh, it's, I, it's weird to know if they're going to kind of go out in the sticks because I feel like they're too big to. And, you know, they probably have this thing that they kind of think, well, we're going to go big city. And even though that's been, the de- that's been to the detriment of past festivals... It might, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Are they just going to do what Soundwave 15 did and just send people home, make them come back the next day? Because I feel like that's going to hurt ticket sales. <sighs> that's a very, very good point, Nick. Very, very good point. Maybe they'll go out of the desert. Maybe we'll finally create our own Las Vegas in the middle of the desert by download. Burning, Getting a download there. Burning, just, burning download festival. Burning download festival. Who knows? But the very good point you make, if it's going to be a three-day festival, where is it going to actually be? Because I, I think the logical place would be to do it in Melbourne. But obviously Sydney's going to say they should have it up there. But also, like, I actually think it could be a thing, but it'd be impossible to do. Like, if you did it, one in Brisbane on a Friday, one in Sydney on a Saturday, one in Melbourne on a 
thingy, which would be too hard to get to logistically. But that's what Soundway did. Like they had one day in Melbourne, and then the next day that other lineup would go they to Sydney over to and they swap. So whether they could do something if it was a two-day festival like that, but like obviously then like I don't know would but, it, would it hurt ticket sales because like you got two different thing. venues like if they're going for one I don't know how they're going to do it. Well, if they do the one date, the only thing, the good thing about that is you're guaranteed to get people traveling down to wherever it is or traveling down or up, depending on where it would Melbourne. be. It looks like it's going to be Melbourne if anywhere. Got to be Melbourne. I, I, think the, I, I think Byron's a good idea because Byron, obviously, with Splendor, has come out and kind of they've shown that you can do the camping thing at a, True. At a large scale. True. This, this would probably be a larger scale again. And oh, this would be huge. This would be absolutely I think massive. that's probably the biggest problem that they would have in terms of organization, whether they could actually make it in a place that would be able to set up a an area where you could camp because it's a massive it's going to be a massive place like in Europe they just have these paddocks it's just like 100k of space and they just go like okay here it is yeah and they can do that but over here it's just like because it's the first one too it's not established well, that's it. And like, you know, Unified, the best thing about Unified when it started and that was that, you know, it was 3,000 and you could fit them all on basically one football oval, you know, on the first year at least. Like it was nearly all on one football oval. And then, you know, once it got bigger, you just added a second one and it was easy. But down those scale, you can just, you can only imagine that it would be closer to... It would be 20 times the size of Unified. Exactly. You'd think it'd be, what, 30, 40, 50,000, depending on how big they want to do it and depending how many bands, how many stages. Because, you know, as, as far as download goes for the most part, usually it's across only a few stages. It's not really too... It's not going to be R uh, like. What's it, Max Four? Ah, uh, well, four, but they probably have alternate. They'd probably be alternating stages, so you might have eight all up. You know, going one to one to one to one because they don't. They need time to prepare. So it, it's a, it makes an interesting contrast in terms of what they're going to do with it. I'm excited to see because I think that this could be um, like from the like the one of a couple of the mock lineups that I've seen. One, the one with Biffy and System, I think, was a really realistic one. It wasn't something that was going too big. Um, they had Prophets of Rage on there and they kind of went for bands. I think they had a band like a Mice and Men down there. They had uh, North Lane, Hacktivist. Um, I think they had, ooh, they had a couple other big bands as well, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was something that at least looked feasible and looked like it was good to draw. Because I think a band like System off the top is going to draw a massive amount of people. Oh, big time. And actually brings those bands back into the fold because at the moment, the only way they're going to come to Australia is to do a headline tour. So... I don't think I think if Download comes, it releases a lot of pressure on Unify because Unify now, like it's seen, do they go out and get Bring Me the Horizon? They're still at that level where they probably can't because then they'd fuck up next year by not getting a Bring Me, and it, people would be angry. Whereas if you bring Download out, you can easily bring out Bring Me the Horizon and sustain that. Like next year, you get another massive or, band. Or it doesn't hurt it because now they well, then Unify. The problem with that is where do Unify go? Do they keep it Australian bands and people are going to get bored pretty damn quickly over that? Which I think we are now. Well, it's, it's, it is. That's that weird kind of dynamic because I think that bringing another festival, I don't think, would hurt Unify too much. Even though, well, I don't it, think even if it, it is all. big and similar demographic, which you know, it, it would be more heavy of the, music. it'd be more of the heavy metal, hard rock, rock music kind of thing download as opposed to the more hardcore kind of stuff in Unify. But I think once you bring that camping element to it, I think a lot of people might you know start judging the Unify lineup a bit more harshly. We've seen it this year with no direct competition except for Invasion, which is absolutely fucking nothing compared to Unify. <laughs> that's true. So like, you know, there's. It's kind of this weird thing. Like, I, I don't know if Unify or Destroy Alliance people who put it on would be going, okay, we're all for this. We should jump on it. Or would they be going, fuck, we hope this thing fails so our thing can fucking succeed? Well, that's the thing. They kind of jumped off the back of Soundwave dying. Like, they, I, I remember, um, I told you when you were in Europe when I went and watched the Big Ass Tour, Data Remember, yep. Amity, um, Motionless in White, and Ghost Inside were obviously meant to be the... Who replaced them? Hands Like Houses? Hands Like Houses. And cool. Hands Like Houses came out and they're like, Fuck Soundwave. 
Unify, because they were playing Unify. Oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. It was so disrespectful to AJ Matter. And then the first thing, like, like, obviously, they remember coming out and playing their songs, but Jeremy, he goes, we love you, AJ. Like, thank you for everything that you did, like, for music, like, bringing all these bands out. And, like, the whole crowd went fucking nuts. But when Hands did it, everyone's just like, ugh. And that's left a fucking sour taste in my mouth (laughs) until this day now. It was, it wasn't, they did say that at a weird time as well, because not not everything about AJ had come out. It was very much AJ was the good guy in the situation. Stuff was leaking, but it was still kind of he said, she said kind of stuff. And as of, like, you know, if they said it maybe two months later, I think a lot more people would have been, oh, yeah, like, you know, AJ was a bit of a cunt. But, you know, like, saying it then, probably when it just kind of, wasn't that just when it all kind of And it all out? came out. Yeah. And the whole thing about our money had already come out. And it was something that, you know... I, it's, Obviously, Dad Remember got paid. That's yeah, well, Dad Remember, like, they didn't get paid fully. They have they had some money owing to them, but I think the exposure that it, it gave Dad Remember, and it gave them, along with alibis, uh, other bands, which we've talked about before, other bands that maybe wouldn't tour headliners, they could come down and then jump on it on, like, these subsequent tours across, uh, as opposed to the... Uh, Sorry, the sound wave, which makes it a lot better for touring bands as a whole. And I hope the download can bring that vibe back because I love, I still, I will never forget those sound wave weeks. So, you know, that week in between or the week before the sound wave with all those side shows every night at all these venues, it was just a huge time for music fans. You could just jump on. I went, yeah, you know, I would go to three to four shows that week and then go to sound wave on the Friday. It was just the best time for me. You'd be fucked, but it'd be, it'd be all worth it. Yeah, exactly. And I, like, cause you just don't get that. That's not, that will never happen again throughout the year. And it's, it's a fantastic thing. Um, uh, and they're all big bands doing the side shows. Yeah, it's not like one Aussie band with a big headliner. It's two all, or three headliner bands. And they were all great bills. Like They were all fantastic bills because they all wanted to play. They were all really willing to play with their mates. And that's just what Soundwave was. You know, it was before probably 2015. Before like, you know, 15 happened and then you know, uh, that, 16. This is it. definitely a topic we can talk about in the future. The Rise and fall of Soundwave. We hey, can mate, do that I, in a couple of weeks. I've already talked about that. I've done a full Actually, show. Actually, you did I, do I that. Did yeah, a you full did. Show on that. My def, bad. I def, did listen to that. Death of the mainstream music festival. It's su- <laughs> such a good topic, though. Like, it's there's so much, much you can say. Like, you can actually go into the detail, like how much he actually owed. Cause it's staggering how much he owed in the end to go bankrupt the way he did. Like, I, it was just fucked. I need to remember it uh, precisely, but I remember, I think Nail Bonscaris was probably on the lowest end, which they owed, I think it was like $6,000 or something yep. like that, which Whereas to, Slipknot, a, band like, to a band like them is huge. Yeah. It's huge amounts Whereas of money. Slipknot owed like 1.8 mil. Yeah, and and Soundgarden, <laughs> Soundgarden was about the same. I think, yeah. that, I think Soundgarden might have been 2 mil. So like something ridiculous. Like, you know, and it just showed how, what the fucked up system that Soundwave was. And, you know, we're saying all this kind of, and I, kind of makes it brings worries up because every time you know now a new festival comes in and especially if aj's name is attached to it in any way shape or form because it'll be tainted yeah everyone's gonna be like oh here we go like and everyone's tainted. everyone's now gonna compare it to Soundwave and be like you know don't fuck it up this time you know and, but, but whereas this one it's been going for a, a long time now it's got a big background big history so i actually think like when Soundwave died didn't a few bands pop up and they're actually gonna do their own festival they yeah they were but they, they did, talked about a that fail. didn't happen yeah, yeah they, they mayhem sh- festival whatever it was yeah something like that I can't remember what it was called it was called something that they were going to bring out and then they postponed it to the next year and they just couldn't do it and I remember Devil Driver and that were going to be on it and then they just couldn't get the funds up and it was always going to fail whereas <laughs> this like the name download is synonymous around heavy music fans so you know immediately it's real like it's the real deal it's not like a, a brand new thing coming together so I think with that backing you'd back this in a lot more than 
a fresh company coming in and saying, "All right, it's our new heavy music festival." Is that like Unify's done though? But they've that, done really is well. Is that good? But do you want, like? Is it good that you're jumping on the name of like you know a, a worldwide thing, or is it? I would, think so. Would, I think that's the only way they're going to be able to sustain it. But don't you think, unless they bring back Big Day Out? Well, yeah, but like, That'd couldn't they just create a new festival? If the lineup's good enough, people will come. Like you know, like I know, like yeah, you might say for a few people, the reputation of Download might outweigh it. But you know, if the bands are there, you'd assume music fans would go based on it. And like, if that, it was an Aussie-grown festival, say something. And a lot of people, I'll bring up uh, Splinter in the Grass as an example. It's like Aussie growing that's been going on for years. Now people just go for the hell of going because they, yep. they support the festival now as much as the act. It's like Unify now. Yeah. But um, I think if it comes with download, you got more of a chance of getting the massive bands. Whereas if you're a brand new festival, A, you're firstly going to have the money to attract uh, like a, a biffy uh, a system. Like immediately, system may be asking in the millions like to actually bring them out. Download would have a like a a bank behind them, bankrolled to actually be able to like, pay it. Yeah. Like, they could say, all right, we've made $500 million over the last 10 downloads we've done this year. Yeah. Here's $50 million. Go set it up in Australia. <laughs> Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> Whereas if you're coming brand new, brand yeah. new ideas, I think it'd take a few years to actually build to be able to be on that level. But also that might be uh, that might be helpful that you get to build that level because now... That's what Unify is doing yeah, now. And it might be better because if you start at such a high level, you might be, it might be the only way you can go is down. And that, you know, as Soundwave's proven, if you fuck up a couple of years lineup-wise, you, people won't come and it might fuck and it might screw it up. Anyway, that's a, you know, it's a really good topic to talk about, especially if that might, if it actually comes out. Who knows? It might even come out in the next two weeks. So next show, we might have a full well, lineup to talk about. Uh, if that was one band while we're at it... Well, uh, oh, System. System. Uh, I, I haven't seen them. You've seen them. My yeah. system are in my top 10 bands. I, I do terrible things to go see them live. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I, I've also I heard um recently Marilyn Manson just on that. He said he wants to come down to Australia, but he wants to do it indoors. He doesn't want to do an outdoor show, which means he doesn't want to do a festival. I, I want to bring this just quickly. Um, Could he play a festival? Hall? Could he? Would he sell out festival hall? Uh Probably not. No, I wouldn't. Not, say. not anymore. No, yeah. uh, he'd, he'd probably do the forum or do 170. Really, he'd do a couple of 170, 170 shows. Be sick. But uh, like, I, I think that's a really good point because I think some bands that I, you know, and I've, I've said this many times. Some bands you don't want to see in the daylight. It's really weird. It was really like I love Manson, and he, yeah, you know, everybody goes on about his 2012 performance, and it was piss poor yeah. at, at the end of it. 2015, I really enjoyed. I thought it was really good, even though it was a bit slow to kind of get the songs going. But you kind of take that, take that because it was a really Deep hot. Six. It was a hot day anyway. And, uh, but I feel like seeing a band like Manson in the light is yeah, really it doesn't strange. Make sense. Yeah, it's weird. It was like, right. I think you you saw, uh, uh, was it Gua? Was it Gua? Or... Gua, yeah. yeah Gua, Gua. Sorry. My goodness, like, I got slimed. Wouldn't it be a lot better to see like a band like War in the Darkness? Oh, like, shit, yeah. And Lights, like an actual lighted show. Exactly. Yeah, be sick. Like, yeah. I think that certain bands you want to see in certain settings. Motionless and white the same. Exactly. They're a band like yeah, that. If they were playing... Anything with an- like antics. Yeah, anything that kind of has the emo vibe as well, kind of, you want to see in the Makes darkness sense, anyway. Yeah. Especially the band The Darkness. Well, Alice Cooper would be... Good. Like, that's what I mean, seeing yeah. a band like, like... With all these stage props and shit. Like, it's kind even of... Slipknot. Like, Slipknot play at night, but it's not the same as seeing them in an arena. I in an arena would be fucking... Exactly. Yeah, there's something. There's something a bit more, and it adds a bit, which is really good for our, for us who would probably go. Who will probably go see Manson if he comes down next well, year. I saw Ramstein in the in the light. It was it was like weird. an after, early evening set, and it was a bit strange. Yeah. Like if I had seen that, like you say, in an arena, like if I had seen that at Rod Laver or something. I would have been fucking... My eyes would have been goggled and going nuts. And, but like you say, yeah. And the fire effects, it, especially That's a band like Ramstein has, it just exactly. doesn't have that big... didn't have the effect. Same, uh, I saw Slipknot in 2012. They did. They were before System. So the first probably 
30 minutes, I'm going to say, of their set was, was, in uh, was kind of in daylight. Some was so, sort of Same as Very odd. Very strange. Same with Metallica. Like, you know, the first kind of 20 minutes, 30 minutes of their set, you know, there's like things going everywhere. Well. Yeah. Exactly. It's just, it gives a weird vibe. And like the lights, you know, obviously the lights aren't going to have the same effect in the light. It's, just, it's weird seeing all the lights go crazy, but you can't really notice anything. Yeah. It's very strange. But anyway, I will move on. I've got a live review to do, Nathan. Go on. Uh, I miss this. Yes, you miss this, you idiot. Uh, Polaris. Now, Polaris did a live show at the North Co- uh, Northcote Social Club. Sold it out, Nathan. Sold it out? Sold it out. Big effort. Sold it out. I, I, Sydney boys. The, the only reason I got a ticket was because somebody at my university uh, wasn't going to go and they just offered me a free show. I was just like, you know what? I would rather go to the, 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 North, um, the, sorry, the sold out show and then toss a coin on if I want to go to the, ne- the next day because uh, I already had tickets to that one. Um as a whole, yeah, we, we're obviously big dick suckers of Polaris. Where uh, do they sit now? Higher? Lower? Okay, well, I'll get through this. Okay, okay, go. Yep. Uh, they, uh, opening up with some band I didn't really care about. I think they're called Daybreak, I'm going to say. Yeah, it sounds like an Amity kind I of did thing. Not, um, Were they like I, architects I, I, didn't, I didn't see them. Oh, you <laughs> I, bastard. I, I scouted my times very well, and I, I saw. I thought, you know what, I'm going to get there before Deadlights, and I'm going to make sure I see the bands I actually d- wouldn't mind seeing. Came to see, yeah. I'm still iffy on Bellhaven. I'm not really a massive guy. I, I know they're good, but like they're kind of one of those bands. That I, I couldn't name one song i know they're good but like i couldn't name you one song there, they play. there's so many bands like that aren't there that like you know you know they're good and like if someone says oh, i really like them you're like oh yeah they're a really good band but you what, probably what, what should i listen to yeah <laughs> what song oh i couldn't tell you mate <laughs> they're really good go uh, check them out we'll start with uh deadlines deadlines um like something i'll give a lot of praise to them in terms of their actual song quality like Oh. You know, I was listening to their album on the way up. Their album's called Mesmer. Um, it came it out is. before Northland. I think we've talked about this before, but uh, it's Northland, a, like the, the main songs, and it's really good because their song selection was really good in terms of you know, every song that I really liked, they played. So good. Well, that's smart. And, you know, we're playing any duds, and um, so I I like that aspect. What I didn't like. These guys were actually really messy, really messy, oh, sloppy. Yeah, uh, this was something that I, um, yeah, I've, I, oh, the no. guy, the, my mosh pit coordinator was uh, was there with me, and he's seen them a few times. And even after the show, that was the first thing I thought. I thought that was that was messy. It wasn't really fit, as as tight as what I'd like it to be. And he said the same thing to me. He's like, "That was sloppy as hell. Like that was really sloppy." The first thing he said to me, so I, I wasn't just my opinion. Uh, they were really good vocally. They're really good. Um, Cleans were really impressive, actually, because he goes really high at sometimes. He's, he's a combination of I think Shaylee from Mice and uh, Aaron from Amity. So oh, wow. like, you know, there's some like the uh, the Amity thing I could take and <laughs> uh, take a leave, but uh, oh, the Shaylee bit I really like, and yeah, you know, he hits those high notes at times really well. Um, they're a band who I'd like to see at like do a, a Brisbane show because they're Brisbane boys. Um, yeah, I wish I just wish they were a bit tired. I, I don't know, like the touring schedule might be getting to them. They might be a bit drunk. I don't know. You know, they're, they're Traveling a lot in a van, so you can't really. That's you, true. Um, next up, and I would I would suggest going for them. And their song preconceptions, the song that I like the most, probably sounded the worst. Oh no! It Is just, that because you were judging it the harshest? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, I was judging it harsh. You know, like it was just something that I, I thought could have sounded a bit better. And like, you know, Deadlights are a band who apparently get a bit of shtick for how good they are live. I've, oh. you know, I, maybe they're not. Maybe they're pretty sloppy every time I, they play. Dash like, through the um the line there, Nick. You're saying no, during making improve. Maybe. I, well, I don't know. Maybe I saw them on an off show. I don't yeah. know. Like maybe because I've heard that they're sloppy in terms of. So you waiting for invasion? Vocal. Yeah, yeah like, I'll see. Definitely see them invasion. I'm, yep. I'm excited to see him again and like see him probably more of an amped crowd anyway. Uh, Bellhaven were next. Yeah, you know, Bellhaven are a weird one. I like. I like them. I think musically they're good. Um, vocally they shit me a bit. Like, oh no, their cleans shit me. Like they're just kind of whiny. They're not like they're not like Amity whiny. They're just kind of sloppy. They're just kind of they're not really they're not impressive to so me. They don't like, impact you. No, like they're just kind you of. You want cleans if you scream like the impact. I don't know. I'll have to show you a couple of their songs after this, and like they're, they're just something that like yeah, you know, there's nothing impressive. They don't really. They're not 
as good as hook writing as what I what I thought they would be. Maybe that's uh, what's lacking. Scream, maybe that's, yeah. yeah, maybe. Screaming, they're really good. He's really good at that. Um, I didn't like what they're wearing. They looked like a bunch of retard hipsters. It was disgusting. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, their set was decent. Uh, yep. Apparently, you know, um, wash pick coordinator, I'm going to bring him up a couple of times tonight. Um, he, he's gone to see him a bunch of times. He said their, their fan base has shifted. From uh, being kind of you know since their last album to this this new album, and uh, apparently um, that their new fan base is much more on the I'll, I'll put it not uh, like I'll put it bluntly he, he didn't want to say uh, basically female fangirls like you know it's a lot of those a lot of people who just know the new album uh, even guys as well but like yo know, like so obviously they're kind of cater- not catering to a different audience but their new sound has started to cater to a different kind of side of the spectrum. Um, it, like you know, a lot of people were just kind of going for the songs off the new album. They played uh, just about everything off the new album, uh, and you know, I, there was one I've brief, briefly listened to that album. wasn't too bad. Uh, it was one, one, uh, one fan next to me had a Bellhaven hat and didn't move one bit until the last song, which was their biggest song. I think it's the Carving Knife. I think it's the Carving Knife. Yep. And uh, went nuts for that song, but like nothing else in between. It's just like they're the worst kind of fans, aren't they? Like yeah, uh, waiting for that one song. Yeah, it's yeah. just like yeah, and you got to buy merch for a band you barely fucking know. Um, <laughs> I will get uh, the best part actually. Sorry, I'll go back to Deadlights. Deadlight had the best shirt, by the way. They had um, the, the word Deadlights and uh, Pennywise the Clown from uh, It because because uh, his eyes are known as the Deadlights and it was so well done. I forgot to buy a shirt towards the end and I was like, I'll, I'll just get it tomorrow. But I didn't end up going. So it was kind of, it was fucking a really cool shirt, really good marketing in terms of what they're doing. Invasion. There uh, you go. Yeah, it's yeah. 100%. And uh, so Bellhaven, yeah, and they also had, you know, the singer kind of had a little thing about depression. He apparently tried to take his life. Oh. Way back in the day, and then his, brother, his brother and that started a band, blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, yeah, I've got a big applause. I always get a bit strange when bands do this, but like, because it's kind of like I, I know their intentions are good and that, but I don't know, like, because he's like, oh, you should talk to us, talk to us. I'm like, no, don't talk to us, talk to people, like, you know, talk to your friends and then talk to people who actually could help you in this situation. Yeah, uh, like, I actually I don't mind the personal aspect of it, yeah, right. Like, I'd much rather hear that than preaching to the world about poverty and. <laughs> People over in fucking, like, in the Middle East are just, they're they're refugees and they're torn between wars and they're fucking, like, I'm I'm sorry, but, like, when you're fucking, like, Tonight Alive, the the one, I'll never forget this, when we went and saw them last year. Yeah. Who'd they support, buddy? Data remember. There was a data remember. Okay, so, Jenna's come out with her fucking, her bald head and she's just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for, for, for one, I was gobsmacked at that. I was just like, Jenna, what are you doing, love? Oh, and just the, the the sheer tripe that came out of her mouth. And I'm just yeah. like, I'm sorry. Like, uh, love, like, you're very good looking. You're a great singer, but just don't go preaching to things that you don't know shit about. Like, yeah. Yep. Lots of band members obviously have gone through personal shit. Like, if you want to get up on stage and have the balls to talk about it, that's great. Like, good on him. Props to him. But, yeah. Some of the shit they whine about. I, I Come will. On, I will uh, say. I forgot about this. I'm going to go back to deadlights again. Their first no. thing they say. Oh no! Don't ruin them for me. Oh, 100. They come out. They say, Melbourne. Are you open to suggestions? I oh ne- shit! I, I nearly shot up a school. I was that fucking pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> I was nearly. I was about to leave. I was. I said, somebody just go. Are you open to a fuck off, you retard? Like, go please, songs. Oh my god! And they also they they did their whole like you know think about how you treat the world, blah blah blah. And I I don't mind that too much. Like as long as it's short, and they kind of said it in between songs, and like while the instruments are kind of tuning up for okay, the next one. Right. So it's like this next song. But this, still, this is. This is about how you treat the world. Like, think about don't oh. don't throw your Macca's cup outside your car. I was just like, guess what? I'm getting on the way home, dickhead. <laughs> I'm getting two Macca's cups. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll move on to Polaris. 
come out. Have How a, were they? Have a guess what they opened with just for the... Uh, for the Consume. No, they opened with Remedy. Open with Remedy uh, was an interesting opener. It's I, fucking close. It's, uh, I wrote down a set that I thought would have been better for go them on, to play. Go set. Write it down. They played... Uh, do I still have it? I'll, have to, I'll try and go through this. That's all right. Okay. Uh, but something that I was... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. These guys were really good. They're a fantastic live band. Crowd was going pretty nuts for them. Don't think can, uh, this was the best song for them to kind of open with, just because it's just like yeah, you know, it's a good bouncy a song, but it's kind it's of a mid-set yeah, it's one of those one. big songs. And it's a, it's a tour name, so I can understand why they yeah, it's called with it, yeah. so it's, it's a good reason for it. Um, yeah, they come out strong. They play um Lapel or whatever that fucking yeah, song. the French one. Yeah, yeah, French. I'm gonna call it. French. I call it the French. Song. Yeah, the French Lapel de Val or whatever it is. Fuck, we're good. <laughs> We're good at this shit. Uh, they played two new songs throughout, Ooh. which was really like new, new songs. Not Consume, Not Remedy. Both sounded really good. Uh, quick. Uh, one was really new medley, um, which was really cool, really bouncy. Um, crowd was going nuts for them. A lot of circle bits during that. I also, um, you know, once again, show my distaste for your circle bits. I fucking hate them. Absolutely hate circle pits. How puffed do you get in a circle pit? You you run 15 metres and you're out of breath. It's just, How does that happen? I, I don't know. It's not the puffness that gets me. The thing that gets me, I the always adrenaline. think someone's going to fall over and I'm going to get fucked. Oh, I think you're going to get trampled. I, I, I yeah. always think that I'm going to... I don't know why. It's the scariest thing to me. I can throw down. I can, I can get hit in the face. No no problem. But if somebody's running in front and somebody in front of me trips over you're, and I tripped it. over and there's fucking... Gone. 50 people behind me trampling on me. It's very, very like, it's it's a weird thing. And like, you know, phobia. especially, no, it's not even a phobia, but drunk, drunk idiots. And there's a lot of drunk idiots in the <sighs> show. Uh, like, it just makes, you know, it makes me go, I'm not getting in that shit. Uh, yeah, they play play all their good ones. Um, weird one, and I want to get your thoughts on this in general. Yes. They, they go off stage, they come back, and my first question would be, what are your thoughts on encores? Because, Pit Coordinator was telling me before the show that Bellhaven, when they did their headliner, they came out and they said, this is our last song. We're not playing an encore because encores are dumb. And then played their song and went off stage. Uh, are you a fan of bands going off stage, coming back or what? Well, Polaris, I don't think have the catalogue to do it yet. Well, they did. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just saying, I, I, like, that surprises me for one. Like, they've released an EP or a couple of EPs and a couple of songs now. So that surprises me. But I'd rather just see a, a band play a banging set. Uh, that, that's enough for me. Like, why, like, play two mediocre songs to finish your original set and come out and play your two best ones after? Why not play yeah. two fucking, your two best songs right at the end? Like, well, why, like... And then, like, if you come out after a... Okay. There's time and a place, I think. Yeah. There's, a, there's a time and a place for a, for an encore, but every band, like, I don't think every band has to do it. If that makes sense. It is sense. something that's been ingrained in us as fans now. It's like whenever it first started, it's, it's ever since then, it's like a band goes off, or a band rapper, DJ, even a DJ goes off stage and everyone's like, one more song, one more song. And it's like... It depends on the size of the venue too. Isn't it weird, but like the bands have this written in their set list now that like off, yeah, off, sta- yeah, off stage, they three have, songs, on yeah. their, even on their set list sheet. Yeah, like encore, come out, yeah, we know the songs. Do you see the benefit in it in, in the sense that uh, like... A band goes off, goes, okay, we're going to give the crowd a bit of time to rest because we're going to come on and play our, our biggest songs or our moshiest songs or whatever. So, what, yeah, we're going to give them time to kind of, so they can get as more rowdy when they come out. Do you see that kind of uh, aspect to it? or I can understand that, but like, I remember Bring Me last year came out and did this, did that. And the songs they played after the encore weren't actually that What'd they big. play? Do you remember? I can't remember off the top of my head the songs, but like, oh, they, <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I just I like play fifteen songs, and instead of filling it out to eighteen and playing two or three that didn't need to be there, yeah, play fifteen cracking songs if you're good enough and big enough to do it. I remember um, Limp Biscuit when I saw them on their headliner at Festi Hall. They did a full set, no encores, no nothing, and it was just 
so cool. And it was very different because, you know, those bands, like, you're expected no to be on call. No Weakling? No, no. Yeah. They, they've got a catalogue and a half these, yeah. those guys, you know, like Limp Bizkit haters in the world. But they, like, they're a band who can, you know, but they're, if you're a fan of them, they've got so many good songs. And they, it was fantastic to see them just go straight through, straight all the way through. And, you know, I understand because, but I also kind of think the whole point of a encore is to come back and play probably one of your biggest songs. Okay. Now, yep. Polaris go off stage. And I'm looking through, I'm thinking, what have they got left? What have they got left? Because they've, they've, they've played Consume. They've played Unfamiliar. Remedy. Yeah. They've, they've played Remedy. They've played, what's that? What's their big song? Sorry. Um, regress. Oh, regress. Yeah, yeah. Re- uh, Regress. And they've played their, all their songs I'd consider to be their final. And you know, I think uh, Unfamiliar is a perfect finale for them if they want to do it. But they played that pretty early in the set, which was very strange. And I'm like, okay, they've only got two cho- choices here. They've got Voiceless or Hold Me Under. And they come out and they play Hold Me Under. Okay. As their final, as their final song, very strange to me. I thought that that was a really odd choice. And my next question is, how important to you is setlist structure when you go see a band? Because there's, I know there's a couple of times that I've seen bands, and I'm kind of like, really good set, but they should have put different, not even different songs, but they should have just ordered it differently, and it would have just made the crowd be a bit more into it. It's very important, Nick Brown. It's very, very important. Yeah, your, your set structure. I, I think like the problem is when you. Go to see bands. Sometimes they're on album like cycles, so they're playing stuff from their new album, and yep. like not a lot of the time you've had a chance to hear it properly, and they're putting it at weird spots in their set. Like they think it fits, whereas you, the listener, are like, "The fuck is that doing in that spot?" So like last year, Let Live played a lot of songs of If I'm the Devil, yep, and I didn't want to hear a lot of those songs. Yeah, so yeah. like that's an example of mine where I'm like, "Why the fuck are they playing this?" I and remember- like. I remember a good one um, when I saw Deftones play Festi Hall. Now I, I'm a massive right. Deftones, what one of my top two or three favorite bands of all time. So it's one of the, it's hard for me to pick poke fun at a band like this. But when they they came out and they uh, they started set strong, you know, and then they got to like a point in the middle and they played like you know for Deftones fans, I just reel off some songs. They played Head Up, My Own Summer, Be Quiet, Dry Fire Away, Rocket Skates, all in a row, not in that order, but like all in a row. And their set list peaked in probably that middle to three quarter of the way through. Wow. And it was like, it was all really strange. It's almost like, you know, like a fan was kind of yelling at their favorite songs. And then like, and then, and then, and then afterwards they were kind of like, shit, we got like eight songs to play still or whatever. And then they are, uh, so the set kind of took a bit of a turn to the set. set dipped. Yeah. And like, you know, they started playing, you know, played a few of their softer songs, which, you know, Deftones one of those bands who can get away with that. But like, you know, by the time their last song came out, I think they played Knife Party as their song before their encore, which is a good song, but it's not like, it's not a big song to kind of, you know, pretend finish with. And then they come out and play a couple of big ones. But like, it was a very strange set um, to me, at least that they kind of would put that in the, uh, the encore or anything like that. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like if you're going to do an encore, you want to finish on a song that the crowd thinks like that it, it has ended like queen ends with like we will rock you <laughs> like yeah well the two you, you'd think like the whole idea i thought of an actual encore nick you finish the fans don't know if you're actually going to come out <laughs> now that's gone <laughs> we go to every single like gig and you know they're going to play a fucking encore I, uh, I I reckon it actually spoils it to, to be honest. Yeah, it does, and it's very it's it's annoying because like it's almost it's really obvious as well. Like you know, it, it was probably less obvious at this show because they played all their big songs, but you kind of knew that they were just going to do it anyway. But it's it's funny when bands go off stage and they haven't played their biggest song and, and the crowd like, oh, and the crowds like yeah, crowds yeah. like I wonder if they're coming back to play their big one. Oh, it's really, just, it's very it's very really, strange. Yeah. But isn't I think the most the two most important songs in your set list is your opener and your closer. Simple. You yes, wanna, you want to get them off to a good start. 
start and then you want you know, your first and your last impressions. That, that's what you take away from the show the most. You know, there'll be those parts in the middle there, of course, and you've got to have your dips and weeds. That's, that's where you have your little ballads, yeah, your, your quieter that, songs. And that's yeah. how you structure a set list. You need a structure to go up and down, up and down. And if you have the quality, which Polaris, you know, they played, what, 10 to 11 songs, I'll say, you know, which is a fine set. They played 45, 50 minutes. Well, that's what surprised me about the encore. I just don't understand yeah, it. Maybe yeah. it was to fill out a bit more time. You know, uh, that might yeah, be one well, of them. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, After this album, obviously, it's going to be different. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, put you, I'll put you what they should have played, Nathan. One of the biggest gripe about the whole show was Go on. they didn't play Voiceless, which is the greatest, oh, wow. which is the greatest song of all time. The only song off that uh, um, that EP they didn't play. That surprises uh, me. They should have opened with that. Oh, Voiceless is the best song on the fucking EP. Wow. Uh, maybe not the best, but it's, it's a fantastic song. And it, it's so fucking amped the whole way through. That was you, That's one of their staple early songs that they always play when they play live. They should have opened with that. They should have gone into Consume, French song. <laughs> French song, yeah. Uh, they, then they would have chucked in one of their, their newer songs. Why don't they just play that EP in full then finish with the two new ones? Well, yeah, but that, they had two uh, additional Excellent. new ones to play as well. Oh, so they, they need yeah. to fit them in. They should have played Unfamiliar early and they should have finished, in all honesty, they should have put they should have put one of their older songs in. That's something yeah, Unfamiliar. That I feel it's like perfect not even not even uh, like, um, like even older again. They should have put... Like, oh, their, their earlier early stuff. EP. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. I feel like... Which you, the Die Hard. When, when, no, you're yeah. a fan, when you're a fan of a, a, a band that's only released a couple of EPs, why not just chuck in a little Easter egg on... on you're on a headlining tour. This is a band that people pay to see you. You know, this isn't like, you know, you're not just supporting an act or whatever, promoting an EP. They were just supporting Northlane. I can understand them playing just everything off their new stuff just to kind of promote that so they can go out and buy. But this is a situation where people are paying money specifically to see you. So why don't you play something, just one song, just Summit. Just try, yeah, just play Summit. All you have to point. do, and like you put that in and, you know, the, the diehard fans will love it. And the low key fans won't won't really care because it's or like, they it's might just, check it out. And exactly. Be like, oh wow, what was that? But it's not. It's, and it's not. This doesn't. Everything doesn't have to be for the the brand new fan. If you pay enough money to see your song, they'll just they don't care. They'll, they're just happy you're playing. And you know, if you're a good vocalist, which this front man, I, I was gonna fucking check his name out. I can't Incredible. remember. But he is like incredibly good at being a front man. He's not just a great vocalist. He's somebody who really captures a crowd, tells them what to do, loves getting involved in it. And it's really, really cool to see because there are a lot of front men, or I'll put that in quotation marks, that just don't know how to kind of um, control demand exactly like kind of they don't know how to yeah. read a crowd sometimes and this guy's really good at it he just looks like a beast as well when he's up there and it's just really cool they should have did he was he drinking at all uh, he did scull a beer at the end <laughs> <laughs> but they should have finished with remedy and then gone off and come back and play regress that, that should have been, been if you don't want to if you don't want to finish with unfamiliar I understand that because they're still at the stage where they're figuring out their set list but that's what they should have done it was a great set they just kind of again their last song kind of left a bit of a sour taste because it wasn't the best song to finish with and it was just an odd very odd very strange for a band like that yeah, uh, I want to move on from that Nathan because I'm gonna I will ramble if we keep talking uh, Stick to Your Guns Nathan released a, a new album we said we we're gonna uh, check this one out uh, this is your band this, these are your boys this is your favourite band of all time Nathan apparently <laughs> <laughs> now I, I did I stumbled across these blokes back at I think it was schoolies time back when we yeah. were youngins so been listening to them for a while like had ups and downs with these blokes, to be honest. Like, I, I wasn't one of the old school fans that knew all their earlier kind of albums. Like, I came in with... It was Diamond, the album. So, I had songs like Against Them All and stuff. And then they came out with Disobedient. And then last year, came out with the EP called Better Ashes Than Dust, which I thought was fucking unreal. I'm like, wow. Like, it was six songs, and I'm like, all right, this is, this is fantastic. But this new album, Nick. Yes. It's called True View. There you go. You get to look at the album cover. What do you think? True Blue. True view. True. <laughs> Would have been better if it was true blue. Ah, uh, album cover's fine. Yeah, it's like a little little national treasure map. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they actually did something very different to a lot of bands, Nick. They actually released the album lyrics before 
the album came out. So the, the fans got to actually... Like, it's complete, It's different. Yep. I, I haven't heard of bands doing this before. So they released the song lyrics. And what they did, they released a little bit of artwork for each song, which I thought was really, okay. really cool. So the fans got to read, like, obviously, fucking, like, whatever Jesse's on about with the song. So, <laughs> whatever he's on about. Well, gives them a little bit of, like, a perspective. So I thought that was really cool. So that's something very unique. But 13 songs, Nick. 37 minutes. It's a very, very good album, Nick. Um, I was very, very surprised. I'm definitely going to probably... I'm definitely going to buy it at some stage. So last it- last year, there was about 10 albums that I bought for Christmas. Yeah. So throughout the year, I'll listen to them a shitload on my Spotify. And I'll be like, all right, buy that. Bought yeah. Trophy Eyes last year. Bought Hallian's. Bought all these like great albums. So I think this is going to be one of those albums. I don't know where it sits on the album of the year thing. But like as a hardcore band, like... I thought they were very, very like put into a category where like it's beatdowns. Like I showed you songs of disobedience, like they're beatdowns. Yeah, it's punk and it's beatdowns. Whereas this album actually shows a little bit of a new dynamic. It's a lot. There's a lot of alternative kind of like styles on this album, which is cool. It's something different, and he's got a really fucking good voice. Dave's Jesse Barnett. He's got a great voice, and there's something about the drummer. I don't know what I don't know what it is about this band. They record really well with their drums. Like they just got a really ballsy, ballsy sound. So, and, um, something that's hard to do sometimes. A lot of ba- a lot of bands can't get that sound correct, and that's what holds them back a lot of the time. Especially like, but these days it's almost like it's very rare to find bands who can't get a sound. It's because like, like even local bands have the the resources to get this massive sound all of a sudden, and like and to, they can't do it live. If you, if, yeah, <laughs> but if like ten years ago, imagine a band trying how shit their fucking first EP would be coming yeah. out. Like it's it's such a different, such a you know night and day kind of scenario, isn't it? Very, very true, Nick. And um, so getting back to the album, so something like it's actually very interesting. I, I'll look on. I don't know if you do as well. Sputnik Music. Have you been on that to look at album reviews? I uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, Sorry. when I type in album like this album, album reviews, reviews that's that, probably one of the first ones that comes that up every time. Up. Well, normally when I do an album review for us, like I always check out the median average of, of an album. So I yes. checked out all their previous albums, and this actually has the highest rating at the ooh, moment. So ooh. it's three point three point seven. Well, is that the is that the highest rating? That's that's good on that site. There's a, that that many trolls and people saying one star, two star. Is, so is like, that user or is that critics? Is that the user ratings? So everyone does user ratings. Okay, so you do yeah, album yeah, reviews. Yeah, yeah. You can so say any number from one to five. Like you could hate a band. Like you could fucking hate a tiller. That for was example. That was, who would you, hate, you, who would hate a tiller? You'd give him a five star rating, and like some <laughs> crumb over in fucking Amsterdam would give him a one. How so dare you? so you're, you're averaging it all out. But anything over three, three point five on so that site is really the, good. What was the actual Sputnik or whatever it's fuck, Spunk? What was the S- Spunk music? And what was the Spunk music review like? What was that giving it? A lot of a lot of props. Yeah. So the the previous EP that I talked about, Better Ashes Than Dust, actually has the highest rating, but that's an EP. So they've released three EPs, and I think they've released six albums. And you're you're a big fan of the EP concept, aren't you? I, I reckon it's great. Like yeah. seriously, I, I think it, you can do it so much quicker. Like an album can be like a, a massive thing; it can be a month long process. Whereas an EP, you can go into a room with your your mates in the band. Three days later, you got six songs. Go into a studio. Boom! Within a week, you got enough, like you got something to give to your fans. Yeah, and I actually see it happening a little bit more. Well, I, I hope it does, but um, I think as an album in whole, uh, I think you can distinguish with an album from song to song. Like if you're listening to an album, it all sounds the same. Like you're just gonna be like, Ugh. you listen to it for a couple of times. Oh yeah, it gets good for a little bit, and then you're like, nah, you'll just throw it away. This album doesn't do that. It's actually very different song to song, which 
surprise me, Nick Brown, because the, the the last album Disobedient didn't do that. So it is it is one of those things where you need to find that that balance, that correct balance. Yes. Sometimes when you go a bit too out there, it can piss off a lot of fans. But if you can find that kind of happy guess, medium, yeah, that real happy medium where you yeah. can't, you're still heavy and you're still doing your thing, but you still you chuck those curveballs every two to three songs, which is exactly what you want. Is there any standouts to this? Yes, one, I've got three standout songs: the Inner Authority, which I showed you, a little yep. bit different, a little bit. I really, I can't wait to see this album played at Unify. Like, yes. I, I'm really amped to see them now at Unify because this album, there's a couple of songs that I can just see going absolutely nuts. And this bloke, the singer Jesse Barnett, is a madman live. Like, yeah. you, well, you've heard the screams. He sounds like the Ghost Inside guy. Yeah, he like, does, yeah. It's absolute Monty. And the way they play, like, they're so high energy and raw. I'm really excited. The other one's Cave Cannon which is a cracking name for a song. Like, I, I'm just like, <laughs> I knew looking at the, like before I listened to it, I'm like, this is going to be fucking, this is going to be a good one. Yeah. And Doomed by You. So don't think of Doomed by Bring Me because it's not that song, <laughs> but Doomed it's by good. You. So check that out. Sick to your guns. It's a very, very good album. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, do you think Sick to your guns as a whole is underappreciated? In the whole genre, yes. They're much like the Bronx. They're two of my boys. that I continue to preach to the choir, but yep. like, they're underground, like in that whole era, like that whole genre, they're the hardworking bands that everyone's like, oh, fuck, why aren't they bigger? Yeah. They're, they're, they're just that, like they're, they're so good at what they do, but for whatever reason, they're not bigger than what they are. Uh, could this be the album that kind of puts them up a bit more? Did I have big any, time. Do they have any singles? Do they have any big, big time. songs? Well, you, you've heard Married to the Noise. Yes. And the actual, the first single that we did review back in the day, I think it would have been six or seven weeks ago, The Sun, The Moon, The Truth, The Penance. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That, that, that one. That song is very alternative. And a lot of people like on YouTube actually said like, oh, these guys are selling out. Okay. Whereas when you, like, sometimes when you do that, like it can be a good thing. And this song, I don't think it sells out at all, but the way he sings it, it's completely different to the old genre. So like, okay. it would be a little bit more accessible, I think, to and different it, fans. And a bit divisive to the fan base. It's kind of, again, well, that's the thing. you're always going to get that when you're trying something new, aren't you? If you listen to this album, the first six to eight songs... I think uh, on the alternative difference scale, yeah, and the last four to five are their roots. Like it's okay, heavy, yeah. beat down, punk down, whatever you want to call it. Really cool stuff. So if you want to hear the heavy shit, back end of the album, intro of the album, which I know you, you've listened to a few times. Yeah, so I, like, I like it. Yeah, the intro six to seven songs. Yeah, a little bit different, and but really, really good. They're fucking very talented. Overall, like a rating, are you going to like, you, know, you said you're going to buy it, but is it a full price buy, would you say? Would you say it's definitely given a listen to everybody listening? Well, talking about my Christmas buyers. Yes. We get 20% off at JB Hi-Fi. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's when I normally do my buying. So, so I wouldn't have it as a full price buy. So it's... you're a bargain bid buy. Man, I'm a bargain. <laughs> do, you know, do you know how good the album has to be for me to buy nowadays, man? I, I have like 250 CDs just sitting in my fucking... Yeah. Sure. On on my bloody my wardrobe thing that like they're dormant now. Like I'm just like what what was I doing with myself, mate? You can imagine the amount of money you'd be able to sell. Maybe like CDs will have a comeback at one stage. Vinyl has, so I think in 20 years time people are going to be going fuck yeah. The CD sound was so much better because everybody says that about vinyls, which is not true. I don't care what you say. The vinyls, no, no different. There is no different in a vinyl sound. Yeah, your dad is convinced, isn't he? I, like, I don't think he's like it's just not a, anymore. It's just a general oh, consensus okay. for some reason that people go like yeah, I got a few vinyls, that do that. vinyl sound. Oh, it's just so much more crisp. It's like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, seriously, like, like tell me, like I can understand. Maybe older people thinking that, but like, I, it's just a weird opinion because you can't really tell. Like, you really can't tell the difference. In all honesty, with the genres of music that we listen to, I think it especially like if you're listening to 
heavy music with bass, drums, and guitar. Like, there's not that much to distinguish, like, from a CD to a, a vinyl. Whereas, like, if you're listening to a fucking reggae yeah. or a jazz album, like, you might be able to hear distinguish little differences. But our genre, it doesn't fucking matter. If you have the right headphones in, they'll probably give you the better sound anyway. <laughs> probably... Go buy some Beats by Dre and have some fun. Beats by Total 90, if you ask me. I will move on. My bad. <laughs> we'll move on to uh, a single oh. that we were going we to cover. Jenna. Uh, we'll, no. you, you were talking about the bald-headed bitch before. Uh, Tonight <laughs> Alive. Tonight Alive have a song called Temple that has just been released probably about a week ago. Goodness. Very good. Temple. Uh, I'm on fire here. Um, what do we think of the song? Yeah, I'm not the biggest Tonight Alive fan. so I didn't, You're not. It didn't really grab me too oh, much. Go, but hey, go on. I, I, give it a few listens, mate. Give it a few I listens. Don't, I don't like this idea of you know you have to give everything five listens before you. No, have an it's not on. that. It took me t- literally two. It's like I've I've heard the I've heard the chorus. It doesn't really grab me. You know, it's 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 okay. It's a decent song. I've heard worse from them. Like you know, they've they've played a lot worse than that. So yeah, you know, I can't. Do you think it's weird that they like like this album isn't coming out until 2018? Yeah, like, it's, it's, a lo- it's a long way away. Do you think you need it like is. you need to kind of give it maybe? I always thought like two months is probably the best way to kind of put your first single out maybe two months before, unless you're doing a North Lane and dropping it all at once. Well, they're doing a tour, so they'll definitely play this song now on the tour. So like, maybe, yeah. I think that's extra just promotion. Like, an extra little yeah, a little little bonus. Oh, I get to go see it live. But to me, like listening to the song it actually goes back a little bit to where I wanted them to be previously. Like the album before the last one that they released, like. We've, I showed you the album before we went and watched them with the day to remember last year and you're like, this is just crap. And I thought the same thing. Yep. Like, honestly, sounded like a solo album from Jenna McDougal. Like, she wanted to be Katy Perry on that album, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's honestly what I said. If this was Katy Perry, maybe it would have sold, but these guys, you're doing the wrong thing. You're a fucking pop punk band. Go back to playing punk beats, great guitarists, and that's what this song is. It actually goes back to that. So their guitarist recently left. The band, so yeah, I saw that. I, she did. She's done a couple of interviews on it. I haven't really listened to her, but uh, does she talk I, shit or? I haven't checked it out, so I'm actually hoping there's a cha- like a stylistic change. Hopefully, they okay. go back to their. Like, I'm not saying it was him. Maybe it wasn't her. Maybe it was this guitarist, like saying this is what we're going to do to become popular. Yeah, who knows? But like this song, like I actually think it suits her voice really well, Nick Brown. Like the the chorus, it's not a stock standard just singing chorus. She actually goes does a few different things with their voice, which I like. Yeah. And the riff is good. Like, it's a catchy riff, and that's what they do. Catchy riffs, good drums, and, yeah, it's promising. Whether like whether or yeah. not the album's going to be any good, I don't know, but it's promising compared to the last one. It's interesting when bands kind of come out, and they do, like, you know, they release their first single, because, like, obviously when you release a single, you, you try and pick a song, for the most part, you try and pick a song that's going to be the most popular with your fan, not even your fan base, but might be the most popular in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And I think that's what they did. They released their really shit song at first. I think that might have been for their last album. They really like, it was nothing. The, the in lion it. one, the, the roll. It was yeah, fucking it was horrible. Weird. It was trash. But like, so maybe this is a good sign because you know if this is maybe one of their catchier songs, then oh, it's definitely catchy. Then maybe the ne- then maybe their uh, the rest of their album. I could be wrong here, but it could be a lot heavier. It could be something maybe like okay, this is probably the best for public consumption, and then <clears> the people who buy will get the real meat and potatoes of this. Yeah, well, I actually think it's a big like thank you to their fans going back to this sound because like this is what every like, even I said to you I'm like every single person was just like go back to what you're good at because the one good song in the last album was a pop punk thing oh was it yeah so I think coming out with this song being so pop punk it's a big like alright this is where we're going this is what the album's going to be like 
get excited again. Like, come and see us on the tour. Yeah. Come see us at Unify. This is what it's going to be like. It's, I think that's what it's going to be. Did I have a song called The Ocean or The Great Ocean or something? Yeah, like The that? Ocean. Yeah. That's a good song. I played that on Guitar Hero a few yeah, times. No, it's a good song to play on Guitar Hero. That whole album. That, that's what yeah. I mean. That, that was a really good album. They do. And I, I love their cover of Little Lion Man, actually. I still remember when they played that at yeah. Soundwave 2012. It was really good. And yeah. Um, But yeah, like, they're. they're They've got some good songs in their older catalogue. Breaking Antony's number really good oh. song, actually. I really like that song. That's a really good chorus and everything about it. That was a, who, What Are You so Afraid terrible. Of? It's a really yeah. good album. It really was. And uh, then it just kind of went to shit. <laughs> you know, I bought that in the, um, the original EP, and they were both really, really sick. It's so, funny, because they're one yeah. of those bands that has, like, they're, like, you know, we talk about ceilings a lot, and, like, what band, like, how big they could get, and, you know, some bands that don't have cleans, they can't, you know, they might not be able to crack it as big as other bands. These guys, like, you, you can see with other bands, like, you know, a band like Paris, or a band like, you know, it could go bigger, go Paramore, obviously. Yeah, Paramore. They're Even, the like, an, yeah. like, you know, the, the female-fronted kind of pop punk or, like, those kind of, that kind of genre of music, it has a market, it has a massive market. Oh, big time. So, like, it's, they just need to find that balance, because there is, like, they're serious a lot higher than most bands. Oh, like, compared to Inart's Wake and bands like that, like even Northlane, like Northlane's massive, but these guys, they could break it into mainstream. Yep, yeah, exactly. And that, that's where that that's where they, they go another four levels up from like even a band like you know, Inart's Wake, I feel like are probably maybe very close or at their ceiling. I don't know how much bigger they could possibly get. I don't get. think they can. Nick. Exactly. They could be on the way down. And I think that, you know, Tonight Alive, they might never get there, but their potential is so much higher. They're one of those wonder kids who you just don't know if they're going to succeed in the EPL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. But I, I wanted to touch on this really quickly because as something that I really like about live music sometimes. I went to another show. I've been to two shows. I was going yes. to go to three shows actually, but we'll talk about that a bit later as well. Um, it's a band, My bad. It's a, uh, no, no, not even that one. Oh, okay. Uh, Bit, there was a, uh, a rapper I went to see. His name is Black. He spells it six a l a c k. First of all, I fucking hate him for that, and I don't know. I don't know why I'm a fan. If you're gonna play, if you're gonna have that kind of nonsense in your name, uh, second of all, I really like it, and I know you'd be a big fan of this. And we're, yes, because we're music guys, we obviously. Um, we probably appreciate it a bit more than the, the average person when bands come out or rappers come out, sorry, and they have a full band backing them. It is so cool. It's so, uh, Oh, you're right. Well, we saw Jay Z do that with back in the cool, oh, I was sick. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, they had, they had the drummer, especially drummers. Drummers for some reason has a, a special thing with rappers. They had oh, a big time. Uh, they had a drummer. They had, the they, had, they had a DJ as well. And they had a keyboard player who brought out the bass in a couple of times. Oh, so stop. like, there's some real, like they're like to fly all those guys out and to like do it. It means they really give a shit. This is a, Sold out show at Run Seventy Russell. This is a rapper that not many like. He has, I've never heard of him. It's, it, it's really crazy how he's um how he has crossed over. And Melbourne, as we've said many times, Melbourne for some reason just gets music, loves music, don't yeah. they? Like, doesn't it, matter who it is. And like to, weird. to sell out a, a, a show like this was really really cool. Played an hour set. Um, I will say you know for all the props I will give, he was really good live. He's a really great artist and what he does. Doesn't have the catalogue just yet to yeah, do an hour. Yeah, so he's building it. Uh, yep. it. It is the difference. And, you know, I was talking about um, Polaris sorry, doing like a 45, 50-minute set. You can get away with that when you're Australian because you're, you're not travelling all the way across the other side of the world to play Whereas a headliner. if he goes, they go to Europe, yeah, like, he, like Ocean Grover found out. If, they, if, like, if, 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 if a band goes overseas and they do a headliner, they're just... They're ordered to do more. They have to yeah. because yeah, and like this guy Black isn't going to come over and do a forty-minute headlining set. They were he was supporting Amigos on their tour. I talked to a couple of people who went to those shows. They said Migos were trash, and they said Black was really really good. So he said that it, like they were he was a lot better, and he said the light band aspect was fantastic. So it's not just us. Like it's not just us who think that. Uh, it's like I don't know. Like maybe it's just me. I do like rappers when they come out and they have the DJ. It doesn't bother me too much, but yep. it's, it gives that added little thing to me at least. Do you, do you agree? when you see oh, like that big time if you got to yeah especially with rap as you say like 
having a rapper there with a, a DJ, like it can be like fantastic at a festival, but like having that whole band dynamic is a different element to look at. And like, as you say, looking at a drummer, a really good drummer, like even if I wasn't a drummer myself, like there's something like, oh, okay, it's off topic, but I've got two mates that went to the R&B Fridays yeah, thing, yeah, which yeah. was last Thursday. So I was at Rod Laver Arena and my mate came into work Friday and like, he's not a drummer. He goes, fuck man, I could see why you love playing drums. There's this guy that played live yeah, and he was just unreal. Like he was incredible. Like the the stuff that he was doing, like the beats that just made the whole thing better. Yeah. And that's R&B Fridays. This is fucking douchebags that list, like yeah. go to gym and listen to fucking, like I love <laughs> R&B too, but like this is all the fucking, like that's the sound at the moment. R&B, yeah. massive in Melbourne. So like, having that band behind you, it's just it's a different element. Like, it's great to look at a rapper, but, like, you also, like, you like looking at different things as well. Yeah, especially, and it, it complements the music, and, like, you know, these trap beats and that that these guys <sighs> are playing these days, they're not easy. They're, no. not, they're not as easy as what people give credit for. The kind of the timing, especially on the on the uh, the hi-hats and that, they really need to make they really need to make sure they're doing it right. Every accent. I would play a song for you, but I don't know if we get picked up on copyright. I don't know. Who's the bloke? No, he's, bloke? he's black. black. Maybe, okay. maybe he wouldn't get picked Try up. Try it. No. G- give me 30 seconds. No, Go on. Fuck it. Uh, what song do you want? Give me just... <laughs> you get the best. You get this one. This song's called Problems. Everyone listening is going to be like, why the fuck is this idiot playing <laughs> a fucking rap song? <laughs> He's made it, Nick. Uh. They're going to be like, how the fuck did we get here? <laughs> We made it. Catchy. Real catchy. Catchy as shit. Coachella? Probably will play next year, to be fair. Through some hard times. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Nave? Overall, what do we got? With that that artist? Yes. Yeah, it, that was really cool. That was actually sick. So he's got a big future, obviously. So is that 
Like, where does he sit like, at the moment? Like, is he just going to get bigger and bigger and yeah, bigger? Or like, uh, so do you see him grow from 170 Russell, or is that going to be his venue? I was, yeah, I was going to, um, I was only going to do a really quick one of this, but I, I like the fact catching artists that are really early in. He's only released yeah. one album. He's, he can only get bigger at this yeah. stage. He's so where do you see his ceiling, do you reckon? He's, well, look, he, he's done songs, um, he's massive, uh, he's good friends with The Weeknd. Like, uh, okay, he, uh, Weekend's come out and performed at a couple of his shows in LA, which is really, really, like, you know, he's, and he's Shit. like, he, he, Weekend's one of his idols, basically. Okay. Um, yeah. He has a, he has this real good combination when he raps alive, at least. He sounds a lot like Kendrick Lamar, and when he sings a lot, he sounds, I actually thought that. He sounds like, um, yeah, like that. a slow version of Kendrick, and then when he sings it alive, at least, he sounds a lot more like The Weekend. And I like the fact that with the less effects on his vocals live, he sounds a lot like a lot cleaner and he's got a really great voice. He's not he's not one of those guys who hides behind effects. He's kind okay, of he good. does it to kind of set the tone more of so and live when he doesn't have the, all those effects on it, it really it holds up really well. So I like that fact on it. And it just shows that, you know, good artists can perform live and make anything interesting to me. And you know, because it's not an actor I would usually go to. Uh North Lane Nathan, we'll move on to them. They've released a new song. Um, you know, I know you're very excited about this whole kind of album. I don't think the album's been released as of such. No. So it's actually called Spawn Again. So it's a tribute to Silverchair Nick. So you got bands like a couple of your favorite oh wait till you hear this fucking oh, here we go. contingent here. Okay, so you got the Amity Affliction. Mm-hmm. You got hands like houses. Who's doing freak? I just want to know who's doing freak. You got the Amity Affliction, you got hands like houses. <laughs> Tonight Alive. Yep. In Arts Wake. Ocean Grove. And obviously North Lane's come out with the first one. So North Lane have come out and played Anthem for the Year 2000, which is a really good song. Like, it's a really good song. And um, anything North Lane's going to do, we're going to take interest in. So I've listened to that a few times this week. And buddy, Marcus sings it really well. Oh, no. oh go on. No. I'll see you looking to it now. I'll, I'll tell you. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release. Okay, so here, here we go, guys. So we got, t- we got t- Nick is having an aneurysm at the moment. So we've got 10 tracks that are... Gonna be done by a unified artist. So Amity's coming out with tomorrow. So how the hell's Aaron gonna sing that? I don't know. But um, Void of Vision. Uh, okay, oh. my own Void of Vision are playing Israel's son. Oh, oh my god! It's like a play free. Oh god! The Brave are playing. <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. The Brave are playing Cemetery. North Lane, they get a good one. Hands like houses. Get- Hands like houses get at a song. You're kidding me. Oh. Why the hell is Ocean Grove playing Spawn again? Why aren't they playing Israel's son? Storm the Sky! Storm the Knicks! Storm taking, the Sky! They're taking the piss. This, <laughs> isn't, this isn't a real project. They're taking the piss. So <laughs> now I'm going to throw up Tonight Alive's Play Without You, which is my favourite Silver Chair song. Fantastic. So that's that's, that's going to make or break can't me. Wait, can't wait for the bald-headed bitch to <laughs> sing that song. Oh, God. And Columbus is playing straight... Lo- I like Columbus. You've shown me Columbus. They're all right. Yeah, they're not too bad. Why are they playing Straight Lines? That was that song was the most overrated piece of trash Wait, that I've ever heard. Uh, okay, straight, a straight Lines. Straight, good, good person. But uh, Straight Lines is a song that could be is good to cover because you could do it a few different ways. Scream I'm, it! I'm very uh, oh, Nick, I don't know any. On uh, in Hearts Wake doing freak. Oh, don't uh, talk about it. One of the heaviest riffs that I've ever heard, still to this day, and people laugh at me when I hear that. Just listen to the fucking riff. I don't care. You can play any breakdown you want to me. Listen to the freak riff and tell me. <laughs> That's not the heaviest thing you've ever out fucking those, heard in your life. Out of that little teenage bastard with a little oh, guitar and nice. amp, come out with that sound like that they've got. It doesn't make sense. Beyond but me. what do we think of the song, by the way? Yeah, no. Nah, okay, back to the song. <laughs> so North Lane, like it's a like their guitar tone in this song is sensational. So ch- check that out after this. But um, 
They play it really well. Obviously, Nick doesn't get a lot to drum with here, but yeah. it acts like it's really good to see, listen to Marcus like use his voice because it actually, like the lows, he sings it really well, which is good. Like yeah. They're low cleans, but like it, it's a different kind of dynamic. Like Normally, he's pretty high with his singing. So actually, like a band like Silverchair, it's really interesting to see. Like most of these guys have grown up in that era. Like they were probably the band for a lot of these, like, Particularly Ocean Grove, I reckon. Like, that whole kind of sound, I reckon that's big on them. But um, it's interesting. I was listening to a band, Nick, from the... Like, a massive 90s Melbourne band. Like, they're called You Am I. And yes, I'm going to show yes. you a song after this. Yeah. And it is so violent Soho, who are now just yeah. absolutely huge. Like, and no one will ever say, like, from Violent Soho, that You Am I is a... Like a a role model for them like they're they're someone we looked up to but like it just it takes the piss like I'll, I'll show you this yeah. and you'll be like wow but like a band like Silverchair paid the way for like kind of heavyish music like because you had Powderfinger who were the softer kind of side yeah. getting on like radio but Triple M like as you say like freaked that riff like we've, we've talked about this a few times with the bands like Silverchair and that like they kind of came through at this weird time and mm. that you know music wasn't really post Nirvana wasn't really they defined were. yeah well they, they, they were thrown into that post grunge kind of thing and they, they do fit that bill they're one of those bands that kind of fit early it. days yeah yeah they fit it more than others um, yeah definitely after you know when well, he shaved his he head was, he was bloody Kerbane like the second oh, 100% yeah America was... jumped all over him after bloody tomorrow yeah they, they did they were massive <laughs> on Silverchair for a bit and like hey. that was I still like you, you type in and I'm going to stay on freak. You type in Silverchair Freak Live at a big day out anytime, and you see that crowd and the tell riff. me, and just tell me how fucking badass that looks. And like, he, he was such a good front man when he wanted to be with his guitar. And Daniel that, Jones, and, oh, he was just so underrated as a guitarist, dude. Oh, he so was so underrated. Yeah. Like, and it's disappointing they went to shit, and like, you know, but straight lines just that whole, me to that this whole day. album. I still remember my dad bringing home that album, it had like 20 songs on it. and I remember asking him, like, yeah, you know, and he's usually someone who kind of you know, go like, oh, yeah, it's it's good, like, even if, if, if it is, and he just went, nah, it's just not that very good. It's shit. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> he didn't want to say, but it just wasn't very good that album, and it just kind of it killed Silverchair. Like, it really, it really hurt their chances of kind of getting bigger or kind of recapturing that sound that they used to have. Sorry, I'm gonna look back at this cover what? set, Nick. Uh, <laughs> We, how is Void of Vision playing Israel's? At the, oh. I don't know whose dick Void of Vision had to suck. Oh, you know what? It, you know what it is. Fuck you know sake. what it is. It's their fucking matching uniforms. That's what. That's what. That's Israel, what, so it's a classic. Uh, it's a great song. Isn't it? Um, I want to. Oh, I, yeah, I, oh no, I want to talk about the, something before. Okay, before we God, go into right. your album. Uh, I, I, you know, last Friday I had a dilemma on my hands, Nathan. Oh, shit, what happened? Uh, I I was kind of yeah. You know, I was. Oh, in, you actually. Yeah, okay, I was yeah, in I between. I was in between going to North Lane Live at One Seventy Rush or not because I hadn't sold out. Yes. And I thought to myself, should I go? Is like you know, what's the lineup? I knew the lineup was decent. And uh, is it worth going to spend 60 bucks in North Lane? Yep. I, I was playing FIFA. It got to about, I think doors opened about uh, 8, 8.30 or something like that. And the first band came on about 9, we'll say. And it got to about 7, 7 o'clock, 7.30. And I was like, okay, last game of FIFA. I played it, got my sh got everything ready. I was like, okay, I'm going to go fuck it. I tried to call up, just make sure you could definitely get tickets on the door. They didn't answer, but I, I assume they would. They would tell yep. they they'd tell you if it sold out otherwise. <laughs> and um, I got my everything on, I got my shoes on, and I was about to walk out the door, about to grab my keys, and I just went... I'm going to see Polaris tomorrow night. <laughs> well, I, I just went... Mm. Nah, I'm not willing. I'm not willing to fork out sixty bucks. How I, many times have you seen him now? I mean, like enough. Like, I've seen him five, six times probably. Like, and I, there, there are you know we have mates who've seen bands fifteen to sixteen times, and like I understand it, but like when you're in a, like especially for Australian bands, you just kind of I always just think 
there's going to be another time for these guys. Like they're not they're not going anywhere. They'll <laughs> like, play once or twice a year. For yeah, sure. and like. I don't know what your thoughts are. Is that, do you think that hinders the band? Do you, yeah, it ruins that it for a, me. Is, I think the bill might have heard it for that because I really wanted to check out Thornhill and a big portion of the, <clears> me <throat> not going was me going, okay, I gotta, I'll sit through Thornhill but then I'll have two bands that like, I know they're <laughs> decent but I don't give a shit about yeah. and I don't really want to sit around for two hours by myself <clears> just <throat> kind of like looking around while people just like kind of look at a weird band like talk about how, you know, their daddy's uh, talked to a mean as a kid that's sworn in basically in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and then to finally get to Northland. Like I looked at the Northland set. They played, I think, 14 songs. It was a decent set. You know, they played pretty well. They ended strangely for me. Yeah, memory. you said this. Um, I need. To, I'd have to look up their set really quickly. But yeah, they were. Um, they did play Render, which is uh fantastic. And Tasty. I, I was. Yeah, I was very. I, like I wasn't upset about it. They they played basically all the songs you'd expect them to play on a show. Uh, you know, what do you think about this, Nave? Do you think it's kind of overkill for Northland, or do you think I was just being a bit lazy? <laughs> no, you're not being lazy, mate. They are your favourite Australian band at the moment. But you've seen them probably. 10 times you're going to see them in the future and unless like i'm big on if there's not a really really good like support act i'm not going to go like clearly there wasn't a support act there big enough like thornhill you've done a spotlight on them you think they're good they are i've heard them now they're really good but yep. if all she sleeps was supporting them or if yeah like like perfect example bear truth played this year with how many uh, they played with In Hearts Wake, in Hearts when, Wake. I, when I well, when, the, oh that. no when you saw yeah yeah when you had the ticket it was Amity yeah when yeah. I saw it it was with In Hearts Wake yeah so like perfect example I couldn't give two shits about Amity I went to see Beartooth yep if they had a decent international artist even if it was someone like even like a little band like Hacktivist or something like that like you it's, know like it doesn't have to be a massive band just fly like it, it, it is hard probably to entice them out for a five. Yeah, tour, but like it would be cool. Like that, that'd be more incentive. Like it's very hard to get a pure Australian bill and like sell off that. Like Polaris did really well. Yeah, and it is, and of course, it is subjective completely in terms yeah. of like what's going to draw. Because I know a lot of people would have been salivating at the fact that Swan Swan in a play with Northland, especially yeah. Swan in, because I know a lot of people are big fans of them and they're kind of a band who hasn't really toured Australia much at all, if if any. Well, there you go. It's might have been the first chance. But yes, uh, that's not our real cup of tea. Like we're not going to jump it yeah, like pits to go see that. I will run through this set really quickly now. Yep. Yes, yes or no to each song. Uh, this is in order as well. Color Wave. Yep. World Eater. Yep. Right. All right, yep. Heart Machine? Mm. Give me a no if you need. Meh. No, no. Yes or no? No. Uh, Dream Awake? Yep. <clears throat> Render? Yep. Citizen? Yep. Solar? That pause means no. <laughs> yeah, no. Dispossession? Yep. Intuition? Yep. Quantum Flux? Yep. Oblisk? Oh, yeah. So they've, they've gone out, bang, 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 bang. That's fucking huge, man. And then... Uh, sticking to our structures to set this kind of theme that we've kind of been going through. That's your death tones right there. That's huge. You, well, you got then the they palm got, of the hand. Then you right. got Weightless. No. And that's the song before the encore. Now, they come on. That's taking the piss, mate. They that's come that's on, purely taking the piss. And they play Paragon. That's their, that's their final song. Why? Northland are a band who could finish with a few songs. Like, they've, they over the years, they have finished with Dispos- Dispossession. They have finished with uh, Quantum Flux and Oblisk easily. All those, all three of those songs are easy to finish with. They could have even <clears> finished <throat> with uh, a song off the new... They could have finished with Colorway. Colorway is a really great song that could probably fit that bill to finish with. That baffles me. And 
they've come out and finished with this closing song that I still don't think is any good. And they opened with it. They opened with it at Chelsea Heights. Oh, God. And now they're closing. I'm glad I didn't go see that gig now. It's strange because as we've said this, opening and closing songs are the most important. And and for some reason, they've like opening with Colorway is fantastic. A great song and a great song to get everyone into it. But I even think that could have been put in a better spot. Yeah, in all honesty, like I think they should have opened. Yeah, could have opened with other songs. But uh, to actually to close with a song like that, and even before that, to kind of like have "Weightless" as your song before your encore, it it just again it reeks of this kind of like. Do you not know how to fucking write a set list down? Like I, I maybe we're different because I know I'm I write mock set lists all the time. You know, when bands are touring or whatever, I can write my, you know, it's kind of like my fantasy booking and wrestling. Yeah, my, set list, my yeah. fantasy set list and that would make sense in terms of the, your album cycle. And every time I write it, for some reason, I don't know why, Nathan, I can write a better set list than Northland. Now, of course why, you can. Now, why is that? <laughs> well, like... Maybe because it's tailored sure, to my needs. Well, I'm sure that there's like a range of factors. So like, if you're a big band like that, like, who knows? Like, you could have people behind the scenes like ma- management, marketing... We want you to play this. We want you to play that. Whereas we, like, we're just going to say, we want you to play the best songs. Fucking just do it. And that's probably what we expect. Like, we think every single band should go out there and play just their best set. But no one does. Like, there's always songs that miss out. Like, which shits me up the wall. So, like, there's got to be behind-the-scenes shit, Nick. It has to be. But it, it, I, I agree with that. And But, like, I don't think the actual songs here oh, are bad. they were ridiculous. That, that, that was silly. Yeah, but, like, the, the songs there are fantastic. Like, for the most part, I, I, I like probably, you know... Like, oh, I that's that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. There's not really too many songs I don't Just like Just the ending. There. Like, that's, it, that's odd. All you have to do is structure it better. Like, that's, like, all you have to do is move song, you know, this song to there, that song to there, and make sure you finish on a high, and you start with a high, like... Just the little things. This is basic 101 shit, Nathan. Like, how do bands in 2017 not know how to fucking structure a set list? And the problem is that everybody, because this set list kind of structure has been put down to the world, now people are kind of trying to go against it to try and finish on a weird kind of number. Yeah, like, why? Why? Just... I did some things. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's a great, it's <laughs> exactly. a great saying, and it's been going for years. And yeah, you know, it's a great way to put it in this. Why do bands want to finish with these dumbass songs? And like, like if I was at that show, and I kind of like, I would have been a great show to go to. I'm sure it would have been. Yeah, it but been if fun. I, I would have walked out of that, and you know, this is why in. In anything, in any concert, in any uh, like wrestling is a great one. In the main event, if the main event isn't good, it that's sours what, that's what the whole show. Yeah, because yeah, you're walking out of that. Sh- you're walking out of that day. I got a Tinder message. Um, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I, um, you're walking out of that show with that lasting impression of you know that guy <laughs> <laughs> raising his head. No, I, I literally just put my phone on I, silent too. I, uh, I got a new match. Sorry, uh, <laughs> but like that's the thing. You walk out with that lasting impression. <laughs> Why? Like it's like yeah, it's not at hard. least it's not, rock, taste. it's not rocket fucking science, nah. David. It's simple shit. And ben, it's like putting a Davis match on after a triple threat between I, the Rock, Stone Cold, and the Undertaker. I'm so mate. sick Come of dumbasses doing this. Yeah, what? Well, it's the modern age, Nick. Like it, no. people like. They're trying to find the most baffling, ridiculous, and stupid things. Like, people expect, like, the same thing nowadays. They're trying to be different with memes. They're trying to be, like, absolutely outrageous with things to just, like, get a leg up on people. And, like, bands now. Why the fuck are bands doing that? That's just jumping on a fad, mate. They're trying to be different and unique. They're like, oh, we're not going to finish on a single because we're fucking different. We're doing what the hell we want. We're finishing on a song that no one cares about. Who? That's pissed you off. It's now pissed me off. I don't want to see Northland anymore. <laughs> I'm fucking off them. Seriously. No. 
but it, it, it's pissed. It's, it is. It's like you, know, you don't have to finish with a single all the time. You know, no. I, I understand that. that. That's a that's a like. You know, I understand why well, bands would that. finish with their biggest song. That's, but a good song. Yeah, like and it's got to be a semi good song. Like as as I said before, you have at least four or five songs. I reckon you could finish with a bliss they have, quantum flux they have. You could finish with intuition. You could finish with dispossession. You could finish with um well, uh, not even well, sorry, a color wave. That's five songs off the top, and that's not even going into like you know they could they if they wanted to they could finish with rot. They if they wanted to they could finish with citizen. You know these are these are seven songs. That's that's half your set right there. You have half a set to choose from, and they've chosen and a poxy twat shit. No, no, nah, North Lane's off. No, nah, that's it. They're done. They didn't play it for the uh, for the year two thousand. Yeah, <laughs> fuck's play. sake. Silverchair would be absolutely fuming. They'd be rolling in their beds. <laughs> They'd be ropeable. Uh, we'll move on to the last. Ropeable. The last album. We're going for a long time now because we're we're very. I'm very passionate about tonight's show. This is great. This is good. <laughs> we got good topics. We got one more album to go through, Dave. This is uh this is a bit of a blast from the past. Earlier in this early in the year, you've taken the bullet. You've jumped off the cliff for me here. You've made sure that I don't, <laughs> I don't end up. Don't shave my head like that bald headed bitch in tonight alive. Oh, don't you, do d- it. You've decided to review in Hearts Wake's arc just to see if it's as bad as we just expected it to because in all honesty like I listened to the singles and I didn't really give a shit about the rest so I didn't give it much of a listen you're showing me the album I'm cover it, I, I told you I'd show you Hang just on. tell me what you think of the album cover first Hang and on. then I'll get to the review okay so blue in the back probably representing the ocean uh, is, that uh, just, is that just reek of trivium to you uh, yeah, it does actually. It does very much actually. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Uh, it's got yeah, Ark, and then it's got a bunch of different languages. Probably saying Ark. Where's or, the fucking pirate shit? Or maybe, maybe it's like maybe it's a big code. Like you know, if you knew every language, you know, it kind of add up to a sentence. It's a fucking code for dick. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's what the album is. Fair enough. Dick. <laughs> uh, no, okay, Nick. The okay, album. Okay, give it to me. What an absolute cracking album that it is. It starts with a filler. I already. Oh, and it ends with a filler. Okay. Um, so it started. So Nick's point on starting and ending big. Our boys in Inhart's Wake have done it. They've gone into a fucking stupid, shitty musical crap <laughs> fucking fillers to start and end. So you only get. Okay, there's 12 songs. You only get 10 tracks for now. Don't fuck with us, guys. Don't fucking put a filler as a track number. Give, Just don't do it. Just fucking any, don't do it. Is there any in the middle there or is it it's filler either no, side ten. and the rest is ten? Yeah. Okay, okay. Just like what they do with the fucking the earth. Well, the, fucking, yeah. I could rant about that too. Okay. So I've written interesting cover, Chinese writing. Reminds me of Trivium. <laughs> I hate Trivium. So that, that, there's my review so far. Okay, you're doing okay, well. Okay, no, actually, so getting to the recording, it's really, it's recorded really well. So they're really good musicians as we, like, we went and saw them last year with North Lane and we were amped as fuck for In Arts Wake over North Lane. We're, for some reason as well, Dave. It's weird now because I look back and go, why the fuck was I ever amped for fucking In Arts Wake? Well, I'm thinking of it now. So the new metal kind of things with their groove, the groove factor with their riffs. Yeah. Like Joel Birch has a great screaming voice. Like the clean singing was getting better. So we thought like... I honestly thought this album would be full of groove, like groovy riffs, like which we grew a lot. Like fucking refuge, like that song, great song. That that is huge, and that's what I'm. Uh, that's where I thought this album would kind of they are, go. They are forever in depth to North Lane to actually co-write that song because now they play it at every one of their sets. They and do, North, and North Lane have the other song, and unfortunately, the other song's just not as good. Not and, as good, and they don't worry about playing it. Yeah, but um, I don't mind it, Nick. So it's the first um album with the new drummer too. So like. Obviously, they had their drummer from North Lane record their previous two albums, which I'm not sure that you, you knew that. No, I didn't actually. So that, that, that's, that, that's something for Trivia. you. <clears throat> so this is the first album with the new drummer. Does really well. Like really good drummer. But um, 
Yeah, I, I, I didn't mind it. There's a few really good songs. Starts big. So there's a song called Passage after the intro. And the pa- like Passage is really, really good, Nick. So I'm yep. sure you'd like that. There's a couple of songs called Frequency and Flow, which are the two belters for mine. So like, there's going to be a time, Nick, when you, I think, will listen to this album. And there's two right there that I think you'd actually like. But um, overall, I'm happy with it, but I wouldn't buy it, Nick. <laughs> uh, uh, standout tracks? But, what have we got? So standout Well, I've got Frequency and Flow. They're, they're, they're two for me. And Waterborne. I think Waterborne's a really, really good song. Okay. But I'm going to end with a gripe here. There's, there's something they do on this album that I wish Amity would have done with the previous two releases. So, like, there's enough on this album to, like, they'll get four or five songs and play it in their new set list that they're doing like with the tour. And they'll be really good. And, like, they don't... Like, you don't have to change your sound a lot. But they've done enough to actually okay. keep me interested. Whereas Amity, with their last two albums, Nick, they've just been fucking pox. They've been boring and crap. These guys did enough on this album for me to say, all right, it's not bad. Like, it's <laughs> not great. Like, I'm not going to tear shreds off it. Like, it's got a lot of good reviews, but it's also got a lot of shit reviews. So, it's a bit, like, I- I've told you, they missed their boat. Like, they had a really, like, there was a peak there with, um, they did Unify. They had the big tour with, um, North Wayne. They did a few really good things, but I think they've kind of plateaued. It's funny you talk about them missing the boat and they, they basically sing about the oceans. It's weird that Arc. they're kind of, they've gone from, you know, talking about earth, uh, the earth to the sky to the ocean. It's, they've kind of gone through the whole regime of being a hardcore band. Uh, what I will ask you, Nathan. Now, yes. everybody gives In Hearts Wake a lot of credit for uh, doing the whole earth, earth Walker, Sky Dancer kind of thing, recording it. And let's just give them, let's just, out of, for argument's sake, let's just say they recorded it all at once. Yeah, which yes. is very hard to believe considering Marcus is a, is a guest vocal on one of those songs and he wasn't even fucking uh, North Wayne's vocal, yeah, vocalist when it, that was all recorded. But anyway, we'll just say it happened. We'll say that's all true. Do you think, like, if, if by any chance that they put the best songs in there in the, from both of those albums into the one album, would you not think that that would now be rec- rem, um, you know, known as an album on the level of, say... Horizons, <laughs> Horizons, uh, and I, I give In Hearts Wake a lot of shit, but they those two albums have some really good songs in there. Healer, it, Healer is one of the most underrated tracks. That's my favorite In Hearts Wake song. It's, um, and like because you both albums, both albums start and end with a filler track. Earthwalker also has a filler track in the middle. Yep. And the problem is, and one of the things I really hated when I bought Earthwalker is the fact that the album went for about 30 some, 32, 33 minutes or something yeah. like that for a band who's not really doing short songs at all. And it's because they had so much shit in there. And I feel like, and I know I'm, you can understand the marketing, it's fantastic, but is it a little bit lazy that they kind of, you know, do a one big recording session apparently, release it across the next three to three years or whatever and then kind of go okay now we're gonna wait another three years before we release another album yeah that's what's pissed me off mate like to be honest like uh, it's very it's baffling how they did it like props to them for writing all those songs recording them quickly whatever like allegedly doing it that quickly but um yeah it's very 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 odd i'm like they had a phase there nick like they were they were really they were quite hot like and as you say put those two albums together after well divination was their first album Yes. Yes, Divination. Uh, yeah, I think they might have had... Uh, that was their big one before, well, that they, the, before they cracked it. Well, I remember we saw them at a, a fucking plastic. And I'm like, wow. Like, like they had, yeah. There was a couple of good songs there. I'm like, okay, these guys are fucking they, cool. They, like, they, were, they? they opened for Amity at Frankston <clears> once. And I saw them uh, when Amity were on their Chasing Ghost tour. And uh, they opened and they were fantastic. And there I you go. really, really liked them. And like, imagine, imagine having... 
Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Walker, Skydancer, Divine, Sacred, Breakaway, Cottonmouth, Healer. After Divination, which was huge. I thought that album with all their guests were fucking massive. So having that into that, into this, this would not live up to the hype. Putting it that way. What do you think they're going to go doing forward? And i got one more gripe about yes, them. Yes, go on. Huge. Uh, they, have a, they completely rip off our band uh, yeah, in, two, in two insta- insta- instances. Uh, one, when they go Brace for the Impact, which is uh, a, oh, a rip-off from our impact. song uh, talking about can you withstand this impact, completely ripped off. And their song called War Cry, which sounds absolutely nothing because Nathan... Go on. Nathan. Give it to me. I, was gonna, I wasn't going to play this because I didn't know if I could even find it, but I found oh. out Bandcamp oh, in the last God. two minutes. And we're going to... Oh, no, it's playing out of my phone, Nathan. Where's your Bluetooth? It's not even playing out the Bluetooth. Get the Bluetooth. <laughs> You're not it's doing co- it justice to the fans. Oh! oh, here we go. Pockets. Pockets on bass. Pockets. I'm going to play a bit softer because people are sleeping. But <laughs> what was he worried about? The bass sounds great. That sounds good out of my system, Nathan. <laughs> Listen to you. Listen to the licks. Oh, oh no, no. It's getting there. Are we bringing it? We bringing it home? And they fucked us off. They completely ripped us off. Shameless plug, but let's it's uh completely Nathan. I can't I can't stand bands who rip us off and like I I know we we're a massive deal back then, but it's just it's not anymore. And well, when like, you come with one of the all-time great riffs like that, <laughs> and I'm not talking about like this here, I'm talking of all time. Oh I need bands a, like that like in Us Wake, seriously. That's where like people don't understand, like they, they probably think In Us Wake are a fantastic band. Why are you ripping them off? Like, why do you like rip into them so much? But we have history. The, the history is right there, folks. We fucking, like, seriously, ripping us off. No, not a fan now. Nathan. Nathan Go on. Nathan, I got, I got one more for you. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's coming. Go on. Here comes the rubber ripoff of us. Nah, not happy with this recording, folks. With the Tom Tom sound shot. Need to sound huge like an explosion. Yeah, that's why the dr- drummer. I mean, that's Boulder drummer. Anyway, that's here comes the line. I'm telling you, they're, they're completely ripping us off. Brace for the impact and fucking withstand this impact. They're fu- <laughs> If we could play the song right now, guys, I would. Because I'm telling you now, they ripped us off. Well, it's like, it's the, but it's not even that. They bring in the intro and it's like, it's it's just structured the same Death way. Death for the impact. Uh, which, song, which song is that off? What's the song for? For them? Yeah, what's, what's that song? Passage? Yes. Brace for the impact. Hang on, I, hang on. That's I, coming. Hang on, no, I can, I can put our vocals over the top of this. Okay. Oh. Overtaking the underground, playing face to face. Nobody's lifeless, now open the gates. When I ain't going away, the devil in the eye and fans away. We're built up to explode into fractions. Horizon falls into chemical reaction. What's going over? My chest is strapped. Can we withstand the, the impact? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? They're ripping this. Oh my god. Oh, so oh I'm fucking tamping fuming raging. That are, is shocking. They are so shit. What the they hell? They are so shit. They are so oh. shit. 
oh, I'm so happy. Fuck I me. told you. I'm like, it's not even the fact like the line you could go, oh, well, they say something different before the word impact. I don't care. Like that's not even half of it. The fact that it structures in completely exactly the same, except they have a bit higher production than us. It no. They've seen us. They, they must have been watching our fucking rehearsals and stuff. To be fair, when we did record there, I think the Dream on Dreamer singer came in. Yeah. Uh, yeah and like, he, I think he might might have thought that we might know him, but we had no fucking idea yeah, until nah. he left. No. Nah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fuck off, buddy. In the idea, though, who, would, who the fuck would know Dream well, on Dreamer? What are your thoughts on Dream on Dreamer? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Backbone Music Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. Every Tuesday, we've got the Total 90 Premier League Podcast. Every second Wednesday, we've got the Close to the Sun Podcast. This is Static Revenue playing Not In Hearts Lake. Thank you guys for listening, and good night.